present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You join us on a visit to Sunderland in the fine county of Tyne and Weir. A settlement first appeared here in the 7th century when Vikings stopped off on their way to Greenland. The town was therefore called Sundelunt, being, <laughs> being an old Norse word meaning who was reading the bloody map. <laughs> because of their long association with the making of ships, the people of Sunderland became known as Mackhams or more correctly now, used to Mackhams. <laughs> it was Sunderland's chief constable, Frederick Crawley, who designed the first police box. His concept was taken as the model for the TARDIS, which appears large on the inside, despite being quite tiny on the outside. When Mr. Crawley left the force, he took up photography, producing sales brochures for Barrett Holmes. <laughs> The, in, the intrepid BBC reporter Kate Aidy was brought up in Sunderland. Miss Aidy was present at the storming of the Iranian embassy, the invasion of Iraq, the bombing of Tripoli and three Turkish earthquakes. When she returned here recently to launch a ship, the crew shot an albatross for luck. <laughs> Indeed, Kate Aidy has witnessed most major disasters broadcast by the BBC. So it's a surprise she isn't here today. <laughs> As I say, let's meet the teams. They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Tony Hawks. And if you're sitting with your back to the radio, it's the other way around. Oh, and eager to please, as she scores on the desk next to me, please welcome the ever-delightful Samantha. Okay, we begin with a round called Inadvisable Openings. This week, the teams are going to suggest various literary openings which were rejected as unsuitable. So, teams, let's hear what rejected opening lines you found for Sonnet Number 18, Shall I Compare Thee, by William Shakespeare. And off you go, Graham. Shall I compare thee to Osama bin Laden? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I compare the Royal Variety performance? <laughs> <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Well, you are hot and sweating a bit. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a young man from Nantucket who once put his head in a bucket? <laughs> OK, well, let's try another. Can we have your rejected first lines for Thomas the Tank Engine by the Reverend W. Audrey? Barry, you can start. Thomas had always had a tender behind... Good news, said the fat controller. I'm handing over to Mr. Branson here. 
Okay, here's another. It's the recently published It Just Occurred to Me, The Thoughts and Reminiscences of Chairman Humph. Can you guess some of my rejected first lines? Tim. Uh, the war was over, I was demobbed, and Napoleon had gone into exile. <laughs> It all began when Father Christmas misread my note and brought me a crumpet. <laughs> I learned everything I know from Nicholas Parsons. <laughs> the first time I met Louis Armstrong, I asked him how it felt to be the first man to walk on the moon. <laughs> Okay, finally, let's hear your rejected first lines for Lady Chatterley's Lover by D.H. Lawrence. Damn fine stuff, this Viagra, said Lord Chatterley, unbuttoning his trousers. <laughs> oh dear, said Mellors, that's never happened before. <laughs> oh, damn! But your lordship, exclaimed Mellows, you told me to help myself to the game bird on the kitchen table. <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay, the teams are going to sing for us now in the round call, one song to the tune of another. How can I best explain this simply? Oh, I know. A song is very much like a garden lawn. The words are represented by the blades of grass, which are supported by the soil, or tune. However, over time, a lawn may become worn out, so the keen gardener may care to re-turf the lawn with new grass, or in our terms, put different words to the old tune. Now, I know what you're thinking, teams. <laughs> what happens to the redundant turf that's been stripped off? Well, that's a good point, because you do inevitably end up with some useless sod. At the piano, Colin Sell. Okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Would you please sing the words of There Was an Old Lady Who Swallowed a Fly to the tune of You'll Never Walk Alone. There was an old lady who swallowed a fly I don't know why she swallowed a fly Perhaps she'll die There was an old lady who swallowed a spider That wriggled and wiggled and tickled inside her she swallowed the spider to catch the fly I don't know why she swallowed a fly Perhaps she'll die There was an old lady who swallowed a bird You now, Tim, would you sing the words of Combine Harvester by the Wurzels to the tune of All Kinds of Everything? <laughs> I drove me tractor through your haystack last night. 
I threw me pitchfork at your dog to keep quiet. Now something's telling me that you're avoiding me. Come on now, darling, you got something I need. Cause I got a brand new combine harvester. And I'll give you the key. Come on now, let's get together in perfect harmony. I got 20 acres and you got 43. <laughs> Your turn, Tony. I'd like you to sing the words of Knees Up Mother Brown to the tune of Cavatina, the theme from The Deer Hunter. Get the breeze up, knees up, mother brown. Very moving. <laughs> Finally, Gra Graham, would you sing the words of my old man's adjustment to the tune of No Matter What by Boyzone? story to tell it is a must about an unsung hero that moves away your dust some people make a fortune others earn a mint my old man don't earn much in fact he's flipping skint oh my old man's a he wears a dustman's hat He wears goblimey trousers And he lives in a council flat Altogether, he looks a proper nana In his great big old male boots A great big old male boots He's got such a job to pull them up He calls them daisy roots Oh, my old man's a dustman Sounded like the Nuremberg Rally. <laughs> Our next game takes a look at the doctor-to-patient relationship. Okay, we'll start with you, Tim and Tony. You're suffering from an unusual medical complaint, but we'll carry on with the game anyway. 
are suffering from an unusual medical complaint and have just been called for your appointment with doctors Barry and Graham. You must outline your symptoms to them and they will be awarded points based on how accurately they're able to diagnose your condition. The identity of your complaint is now being displayed to our theatre audience via the laser display screen. For listeners at home, here's the mystery voice. Tim and Tony are England cricketers. Tim and Tony are England cricketers. Right, start the consultation now, please. Mm-hmm. Morning. Oh, I do come in. Morning. Morning. Yeah, morning. Morning. Ah, oh, well, now, uh, you look pretty fit. Oh, that's a good opener. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> afraid it's, uh, it's gone straight past me, though. <laughs> <laughs> are you, uh, are you getting enough exercise, do you think? Well, sometimes run, ooh, 22 yards. Not very often, though. <laughs> So that's a good opener. Is this some indication of the symptoms we want to diagnose? Well, that's why mm. we answered the way we did. Uh... <laughs> Could be a clue. 22 yards. I didn't quite you catch that. <laughs> Again. You didn't catch that. <laughs> 22 yards is a furlong, isn't it? That's a, that's a silly point. Furlong way. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you find things have been uh, giving you trouble? Oh, look, can we just stop this examination? We're not used to tests lasting this long. Uh, <laughs> any stomach trouble at all? Uh, well, well, neither of us have ever got the runs, <laughs> <have> <laughs> I think I, 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 I see the point you're trying to slip in here. Uh, I can't help noticing you've got a fine leg. Uh, Have a look at the other one. Oh. Yes. And there's a third man. Oh dear. I think there's grave danger that you're turning into the England cricket team. Oh. Okay, your turn to be the patient's Barry and Graham, and you've just been summoned into the surgery of Dr. Tim and Dr. Tony. The identity of your mystery medical condition will now be displayed to the audience via the laser display board, while here again is the mystery voice for listeners at home. Barry and Graham are a pantomime horse. Barry and Graham are a pantomime horse. Start your consultation now, please. Good morning. 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 Good morning. You're looking pretty well. What do you say? He said, good morning. <laughs> he said, good morning. Right. Yeah. Who did? <laughs> the doctor. I told you, we've got to see the doctor. They're doctors, are they? Yes, they are. Oh, was that you? <laughs> well, who else could it have been? <laughs> Yeah, just keep your feet still. You'll trip, you'll trip us up. Yes, doctor. Sorry. Yeah, well, how long have you, you know, been suffering with with this? Oh, well. What, what did he say? Then? He said, "How long have we been? How long have we been suffering?" No, he, he's a big responsibility for me, and uh, I was hoping for some respite if I could, uh, you know, uh, get rid of him for a while. But uh, don't let him hear us saying that. Are we still in there? Well, yes, we're still here. Yeah. 
<laughs> look, <laughs> look, just just amuse yourself chasing the flies away, will you? <laughs> You can't be. You can't um, be. You're not pantomime horse, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was ten minutes of my life I won't get back. <laughs> <laughs> OK, the next game is all about sound effects. The creation of wireless sound effects makes a fascinating study but sometimes even the BBC's technical experts can make mistakes. It was recently discovered that the seagulls on desert island discs aren't the type found in the South Seas. As a result, the program had to be renamed Council Dump Records. <laughs> in this game, one team will improvise vocal sound effects to complement the story being told by the opposing team. Tim and Tony, you're to start. I'd like you now to relate your tale. And uh, Barry and Graham, I'd like you to provide the sound effects. Okay, Tim <clears> and <throat> Tony. It was the opening day of Parliament. The Queen arrived to be greeted by the band of the Grenadier Guards. <laughs> <laughs> Who were between numbers? <laughs> then the band struck up. <laughs> A friendship with those nice boys from the Coldstream Guards. The crowd waited patiently for a sight of the Queen, only to be interrupted by the sound of the band. <laughs> of the band protesters who had been pushed their way to the front with their anti-monarchist banners. The Queen stepped out of the coach, followed by her favourite corgi, <laughs> registered gas fitter. <laughs> and finally... It was time for the Queen's speech. <laughs> to be placed yes. next to the Queen's apple, the Queen's orange, <laughs> and the royal pair, who'll be divorcing in July. And then the Queen announced all the brilliant new policies of the Blair government. Okay, your turn to tell a story now, Barry and Graham. And uh, you're providing the sound effects this time, Tim and Tony. So, Barry, Graham. Pirates of the Spanish Main. <laughs> Captain Jake stood on the poop deck. Worried by the silence. <laughs> and at that moment, he heard the cannon roar. Good morning. Good morning, Reverend. <laughs> What's your problem, said Jake. Reverend Spooner. 
Reverend Spooner explained that he did not wish to walk the plank. <laughs> I do not wish... <laughs> But Captain Jake was merciless. At sword point, he forced the reverend along the plank, step after step. Go. Go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. In his stocking feet. <laughs> With a despairing cry, he fell off the end of the plank. Oh! Splash! Onto the cargo of interior-sprung mattresses. <laughs> In their steel container. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Shiver me timbers, exclaimed Captain Jake. And Peg Lake Pete immediately obliged. <laughs> oh, for that you'll get 50 lashes. Ow. Ow. And this complimentary mascara to go with them. <laughs> the, the end. end. <laughs> we move on now to a roundabout the dying art of letter writing. Barry and Graham, I'd like you to start by composing a letter from Richard III to the Little Princes. And then Tim and Tony will come up with a reply and so on. However, the challenge is that the letters must be constructed by each panellist, alternating one word at a time. And when I honk, it's the end of the correspondence. Off you go now, Barry and Graham. Dear both, I would like to see you later on today. <laughs> However, when you are here, it will be appropriate for you to be slightly <laughs> pissed. <laughs> Furthermore, I wish to take this occasion to say to you that I must immediately dispatch a <laughs> speedy Assassin, whoops, <laughs> to the Tower of London, where you will shortly be resident. <laughs> I hope this finds you as it leaves me. <laughs> Your loving Uncle Dick. <laughs> Reply, please. Uncle Dick, nobody ever understands us. We are small, very small, almost tiny. However, all of our time is spent climbing up to the window where we can see a woman outside her clothes. <laughs> wow! Talk about
it. <laughs> She's got two enormous <laughs> brothers <laughs> who stand outside our window and sing lots of horrible hits from the 60s. <laughs> Sincerely, the princes. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it's very nearly the end of the show, but it's just time for the teams to announce their late arrivals at the Gardener's Ball. Samantha has to nip out now as she has a gardener gentleman friend coming round who's going to teach her how to deal with her seedlings. Samantha says she can't wait to observe him prick out in the potting shed. <laughs> So while she's away enjoying that, I'll ask the teams to announce the late arrivals at the Society Ball for Gardeners. Graham, will you start, please? Very really welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Dendron, and their daughter Rhoda Dendron. <laughs> what ho? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Aceus Border and their son Herb. Tony. Please welcome Mr. and Mrs. Path and their diminutive daughter, Wee Dee Path. Jim. Oh, look, here's Cynthia Payne. Hiya, Synth. <laughs> Closely followed by the Mother's Union with Chris Evans. That's Chris and the Mums. <laughs> oh, there's Graham Garden and his Garden Gators. Now, that's a proper gator. <laughs> China. Really? Yeah. Yes. It's Mr. and Mrs. Basket and their son, Hang Yin Basket. <laughs> also from China, Mr. and Mrs. Willow and their tiny son, Wee Ping Willow. <laughs> Will you welcome Greta Garbo? Don't bother her, she wants to be a lawn. <laughs> And there's Mr. and Mrs. Nightshade with their late son, dead Lee Nightshade. <laughs> it's Mr. and Mrs. Steep and their aged relative from Yorkshire, Compost Steep. Welcome. Oh, I'm ready to throw in the trowel. <laughs> aye, aye, that's your lot. <laughs> There's Mr. and Mrs. Bennett. Look at the size of that cucumber. <laughs> There's son Gordon Bennett. Look at that size of that cucumber. And so, and so, ladies and gentlemen, as the thermometer of destiny drops below the freezing point of fate, and the Geordie lad of time slips on the sleeveless T-shirt of eternity... <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show, so from the team, Samantha, myself, and the fine folk of Sunderland, it's goodbye. Barry Fire, Graham Garden, Tim Brooke Taylor, and Tony Hawkes have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson, and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs> Come from the teams will return at the same time next week.